0: Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. First Peter chapter one. Just want to thank God first and foremost for my salvation. Uh, without whom, you know, I wouldn't be here today. Amen. Um, very grateful for God interrupting my miserable existence. Hello, somebody. Uh, for giving me the, the beautiful opportunity, first and foremost, salvation Amen. and also to be a part of this ministry. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but uh, there weren't too many other places that would have opened their doors to somebody like I was, amen? I mean, like you were, amen? So God is a good God. He knows exactly what we needed, when we needed it, how we needed it, and where we needed it. It's very providential, and we're here this morning. And then also, uh, you know, Pastor Sonny and Sister Julie and our general, Pastor Rick, uh, Sister Jeannie, uh, Alanise, for just, I mean, when there was nowhere else for me to go, I mean, the doors for Victory Outreach, SP, the ranch, and Chicago were open for me still. Amen. And it was where God was able to come in and um, pull me back and just give me, give me the only, really the only, in my eyes, the only platform left for me to regain um, credibility, to rebuild my credibility. And to, you know, God is good. I mean, he's just such a God of restoration. He's married to us. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen. And I'm um, very grateful for, um, for all of that. For the leadership, you know, Pastor Manny and leadership here, and Pastor Doug, um, known him for a long time, and uh, uh, we've worked together on some things in the past. And just it's been a blessing to see, you know, how God has used them and continues to elevate them. And, and you guys, got to be very grateful for those that, that God uses to trailblaze the way. Amen. Uh, um, with that being said, uh, has everybody got First Peter one seven? The Bible reads like this: It says that the genuineness of your faith. Being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Father, bless this word this morning, God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just pump us full of some faith, God. In Jesus' name, my God, increase our desire for you this morning, Lord God. Touch that one, my God, that may be feeling a little bit weak in the area of their faith, Lord God. Father, give us what we need, my God, to be not just efficient, but effective in what you've called us to do, God. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I just want to present you guys. I'm not going to be too long this morning. Amen. But. I mean, how many know we need some faith sometimes I and mean, not sometimes, but all the time. So this morning where we're at, you know, and where you're at and where each and every one of us are at. And this particular season of our life requires a little bit, a little bit different kind of faith, a little bit more unique than your typical kind of faith. Can I hear somebody say amen? So what type of faith is required for us to be effective here today? That type of faith is genuine faith. Genuine faith. So have you ever wondered why God allows us to experience the hardships, the storms, the tragedy, the pain, the tough times, etc., 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 that we've gone through in our lives as Christians. He's testing the genuineness of our faith, just like it says here in 1 Peter 1:7. 1, faith tested by fire. Our faith isn't tested because God doesn't know how much or what kind of faith we have. It is tested because we, how many know God knows? It's tested because we are often ignorant of how much or what kind of faith that we have. Sometimes we feel a little bit faithless. Can I hear somebody say amen this morning? But God's purpose in testing is to display the enduring quality of our faith. How many know you don't know what you've got in you until you go through some things? Oh, right. Hello, somebody. Sometimes we don't know what's inside of us until we're forced into situations and we're forced into circumstances that provoke us to exercise faith muscles that maybe we've never exercised before. Now we're going to go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, it says, and the evidence of things Unseen, the title of this message this morning is genuine or generic Ooh. Genuine or generic, let me give you the definition of the word genuine, it's actual It's real or true It's not false It's not fake It's sincere and honest, I said it's not false, it's not fake, how many know fake people? Yes. Don't look at your neighbor It's not him, amen? How many know some fake people, right? Some ingenuine people, some insincere and dishonest people or dishonest situations. Genuine and sincere and it's honest. It's actually having the reputed or apparent qualities or character that it says it has. It is what it says that it is. Hello? It's produced by or proceeding from the alleged source that it says it comes from. If you say your faith is from God, if our faith is genuine, that's where our faith comes from. It's actual, it's true, it's real. It's free from hypocrisy or pretense. Genuine faith doesn't say one thing and then do another. Remember, I'm talking about what kind of faith it's going to take in order for us to be effective in the season that God has placed us in right now. How many know God isn't a God of accidents yes. right, or coincidence? Oh, he just happened to move you here, you know, just because. No, God doesn't function like that. He has each and every one of you here this morning, even here in this message, because somebody in this place needs to hear it. Mm. Amen. God is providential. He's taking care of each and every one of us to get us to this point for a specific purpose according to his plans and his purposes. But Hebrews 11.1, many people will tell you that this is the definition of faith in the Bible. But it's not so much the definition of faith as it is the declaration of what faith does. It is the substance of things that are hoped for. The Bible says, what does it mean? The word substance there, well, it's translated here in the newer versions, the substantiating of the things that we hope for, which just mean the, this, this, this genuine type of faith proves the truth of something. It establishes by proof or competent evidence that what we say is true or what God says is true is true. The word evidence in this portion of scripture is the word that has been translated convictions of the things not seen. Convictions of the things not seen. There is evidence of the existence of God and it causes us to believe in God. Though I've never seen God, the evidence of his existence creates that faith where? Within our hearts. How many knows there's evidence of the existence of God? Look at your neighbor. That's evidence that God exists. I'm evidence that God is real because there was no program, no institution, no drug rehab, N-A-S-A-A-A. There was nothing or anyone that could have done what God did in my life. And the same goes for each and every one of us here this morning. To me, that's evidence that God is real. Can I hear somebody say amen? Amen. Though I've never seen God, we've never seen God. The evidence of his existence creates that faith within us. There are many things that we believe in that we don't and haven't seen. We believe in the wind, though we haven't seen the wind. Right? We see the effects of the wind. We see the trees that are blowing in its force. We see the leaves that are blowing. We see the dust that is being carried. We see the evidence of the wind, though we can't see the wind. We feel the wind and therefore we know because of that evidence that it's real. Yes. Are you following me? I'm going somewhere, just stick with me for a minute. We say, oh, that's a cold, biting wind. Or we say, oh, that's one of those warm winds, and you can feel the wind. How many have ever felt the wind? We see the evidence of the wind, and thus we believe in the wind, though we don't actually see the wind itself. Same thing goes for a magnetic force. How many of you have ever messed with magnets? All right. We see the effects and the evidence of what magnets do, Right. We see the way that the opposites attract and when the when the wrong ends, when the wrong poles are facing each other, what do they do? They push away from each other. We see the effects, even though we can't see that magnetic force. And so we believe in the powers of the magnetic force, even though we've never seen it. We see the evidence of it. We see the evidence of God, the presence of God, the power of God and the love of God. Mm. I see the evidence of the love of God in each and every one of us here this morning we see the evidence of his existence and thus I have faith that he's real we don't doubt his existence because of the evidence that is all around faith the substantiating of the things that are hoped for and the evidence of things not seen okay so why am I saying all this this morning because genuine faith that has been tested in the fires of affliction is faith that has the capability to make that which is seemingly impossible still possible. I don't know about you, but I was an impossible case. Facing some impossible situations and some impossible circumstances that I knew without a shadow of a doubt no man could pull me out of. And we're going to encounter some impossible cases and some impossible people and go through some seemingly impossible storms in this season that we're in. How many know serving God isn't easy? How many know it takes a real man to serve God? Can I hear somebody say amen? So what are some elements to genuine faith? Well, genuine faith, first and foremost, it does what? It changes us. Genuine faith has the about, real faith has the ability to change the inner workings of a man of God. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen? Number two, it changes others. How many know when you walk into a room pumped full of faith, you do something to the people that are in that room? Right. Hello, somebody. Genuine faith has the ability to change the atmosphere that it is residing in at any given moment and at any given time. Genuine faith can change things. Can I hear somebody say amen? Amen. Genuine faith has power, the power of God resting and residing within it. It changes the atmosphere. That's number three. Genuine faith changes the world. Genuine faith changes the world. See, faith and faith. I want you to understand something about faith. Faith is a general term, right? It requires faith in a in a secular sense in order to be successful. You have to have what you've got to have faith in yourself and your abilities and your talents and your giftings if you want to be successful across the board right understand faith understand it just doesn't apply here it applies everywhere even though the faith that we receive from god this has some different results but faith i believe even though i've never been I, maybe i've never been to some like Colombia. maybe i've never been to Colombia. i believe that it's there by faith because i've read about it hello somebody Huh? I believe it's there by faith because there's an airplane that, that 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 says that it's going to take a route to get me there. I buy a ticket even though I've never been there because by faith I know that if I buy that ticket that plane's going to get me there. Get me there. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it requires faith for us to do anything that we want to accomplish. We want to be successful in anything, it requires faith. It requires a certain, I'm not talking about saving faith. I'm just talking about it requires faith. We have to believe that and determine within ourselves that we can do what we set out to do. Come on, Like here on this crusade. Come on, Here on this crusade, I mean, like Pastor Manny keeps saying, we're, we're getting prepared. How many feel like you're just you're getting prepared? I mean, the fire, we just started the fire, but, but this thing, by faith, this thing's going to continue to grow, and it's continue, and it's going to continue to burn. But listen, you're going to go through some things. You're going to go through some things on this crusade. That's gonna, it's going to stretch your capacity. Huh? You're going to grow. If you embrace the process, you're not going to be the same person that you were when you first stepped into this sanctuary at the beginning of this crusade. It's going to hurt. Mm. How many know it hurts when God stretches us? It doesn't feel good sometimes. But we can make it worse, hello, by complaining and moaning and griping and those different kinds of things. We have to learn to embrace the faith in the process that God has us in. Can I hear somebody say amen? Amen. Mark chapter 4, I'm going to close soon. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 Through forty one, and this is where uh, the Sea of Galilee. Well, just on the on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, "Let us cross over to the other side." Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat the boat so that it was already filling. They're on the Sea of Galilee here. The Sea of Galilee is known for having these storms, these freak storms that would just come up out of nowhere and and, 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 and overturn boats and cause and wreak all kinds of havoc. Verse 38 says, it was in the stern. He was in the stern asleep on a pillow. How many know Jesus needed a nap? Amen. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so what fearful? How many know fear is the opposite of faith? How is it that you have no faith? He said to them, that's an interesting statement because you have to remember the disciples had been with Jesus Right? They had seen Jesus perform and do the miraculous. Can you imagine if you had walked the face of the earth with Christ himself and seen him produce and perform all these miracles and then a windstorm comes on the Sea of Galilee and you're saying, whoa! What the heck, don't you know we're perishing Jesus and Jesus is asleep in the boat on a pillow? Why, because he's exercising faith. Remember, Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. He had to exercise faith the same way that men exercised faith. Can I hear somebody say amen? He's in the boat asleep on a pillow because he knows without a shadow of a doubt nothing's going to happen as long as he believes in the disciples. We got this great contrast and contradiction going on here. The disciples are exercising fear. Instead of faith, they're exercising an element of generic, a faith that is generic, which is fear. Can I hear somebody say amen? They weren't displaying genuine faith. They feared exceedingly, the Bible says, and said to one another, Who can this be? Right? After he rebuked the wind and the he rebuked the wind of the rain, rebuked the storm, that even the wind and the sea obey." Him. That's a stupid question to me. They knew who was in the boat. Right? They understood that Jesus had this power to do the thing. He and he only had that power because he could exercise genuine, perfect, sincere, real, honest faith. Yes. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen. No. Another interesting part of this portion of scripture here is Jesus said at the beginning of it, let us cross over to the other side. Has, Jesus said, has God ever made Jesus ever made a promise to anybody in here in this place? Amen. Right? I mean, there's promise, the Word of God is full of promises, but God's made me some promises uh, outside of the context of the Word of God too. Right? God's made me some promises, and Jesus made them a promise here. He said, Let us cross over to the other side. This is Jesus saying, Hey, we're gonna cross over to the other side. Jesus is saying, hey, we're going to win souls on this crusade. Can I hear somebody say amen? Jesus is saying, hey, we're going to make an impact while we're here doing the work of the Lord. We're never closer to doing what Jesus did in the time that he was walking the face of the earth than when we are functioning on crusade and saving souls. When we're in there hitting the highways, hello somebody, and hitting the byways, can I hear somebody say amen, and reaching into the darkness and pulling those lost and depressed braved and sick and disgusted sinners out of the sick pool of sin that they're drowning in. Jesus didn't hang out with the people that were well. Mm. Mm-hmm. He hung out with the sinners. Yes. How many know Victory Outreach hangs out with the sinners? Amen. Uh, we go where nobody else wants to go. We do things that nobody else wants to do. Can I hear somebody say amen? Because that's what Jesus did. Come on. Somebody say amen this morning. He promised, but he promised his disciples that they were going to make it to the other side. Why let us perish in the middle of those disciples? He didn't say let us perish in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. He promised they'd get it and cross over to the other side. They'd been with the master and they had seen his miracles firsthand. So like I said, faith and fear were in direct contrast and contradiction to one another here in this scene. One thing I love about the Word of God is when you can take yourself back there and put yourself in those circumstances and you can imagine exactly what they were going through and feel what they felt. Right? If you can understand the historical context of what was happening at that time and feel what they were feeling and you could, you could apply that to your life today. How many know what I'm talking about? Because sometimes we're faithless. Right. Especially like sometimes we, we come to God and we're so beat up by the world and tore back by the world and messed up by the things that we've been through and the things that we've experienced that it seems like that God really can't do what he says that he can do. Right. But it, th- th- there that requires a certain level of faith in us trusting and believing God that he's going to say he's going to do what he said he's going to do. So here the disciples he, they didn't believe that Jesus was going to do what he said that he was going to do. Jesus was exercising a genuineness in his faith without a care in the world. The disciples had allowed themselves to be crippled with fear. I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to impact the city, if we want to make a difference in this city, we cannot function under the unction. Hello, somebody of the spirit of fear, because God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us what? The spirit of Power. I got power. So you got to know that you got some power to make a difference in somebody's life. If you don't know you got power, you're not going to be able to affect change in somebody else. You have to know that God has given you a spirit of power, not a, sp- a spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind, a sound mind, a disciplined mind. Hello, somebody. Mm? a diligent mind a skillful mind a mind that understands circumstances situations and people that has a little bit of a emotional intelligence when it comes to working with people can I hear somebody say amen so the disciples that allow themselves to be crippled with fear here in the scene that we're reading about and some elements to generic faith and then I'm, I'm going to be done right now amen Oh generic faith and what is generic well genuine is real generic obviously is a faith that is not real Amen it does not believe or trust in the promises of God How many know God desires that all men should be saved Amen. You know and we all sometimes I know I question like man God why do you use people if you can just do it? Well God he chooses to use people I mean, to exact his purposes, right? To implement his purposes. So we are required and obligated to do that which God has called us to do. But a generic faith, how many know some people put on a big front sometimes? You ever know somebody that just puts on a big front? Never seen somebody that talks real big, right? Talk real big, but then when the storm comes, like the storm that hit the disciples on the Sea of Galilee in this boat, they're freaking out. Right. Right. All of a sudden, they change up. All of a sudden, their chin's on the floor. Hello, somebody. They're dragging their chin around because a little storm came knocking at their door. Can I hear somebody say amen? That's a generic. That's generic, man. Generic. Generic will have you on the floor crying when the hard times come. Like, oh, my God, what do I do? But if you've ever watched somebody, if you ever watch, you want to see if somebody's uh, faith is genuine or generic, watch them in the fire. Come on. See what they see, how they function in the storm. Right? Watch your leaders as they function in the storm when the four walls of their life are falling apart and they still got their head held high. Come on, somebody. They're still doing the work of God regardless of what's going on around them. Huh? They're not sourpuss. They don't look like somebody dipped them in some lemon juice just because the storm came. Can I hear somebody say it? At least in front of people. How many know we get on our knees before God and cry and sob too? Can I hear somebody say amen? But a generic faith quits. When it gets hard, generic will quit because it's not real. Have you ever bought something that's generic? Yeah. Some of you are wearing generic clothing right now. Hello, somebody, right? Huh? You ever had to purchase something generic, huh? Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, there used to be this guy, we called him TNT. He would sell, and that time, that time, I'm old. So at that time, it was like Tommy Hilfiger, uh, Polo, uh, who were the other guys, Polo, Pele, Pele, Tommy Hilter, Guess, Khakis, and Levi's, right? There were all these different things, but they were expensive, right? The real deal was expensive. The genuine version of these clothing was expensive. So this guy Tony, he would sell generic versions of the clothing out of the back of his Cadillac. Uh-oh. Right? Anybody ever bought anything generic? Now they got stores that are generic. And Michael Kors, you can go buy a purse for your lady at a generic Michael Kors store for thirty-five dollars. Hello, somebody. But I would spend like a few bucks and I get some generic Tommy Hilfiger, right? Or some generic Nautica clothing in. I mean, it would look good. It looked like it was genuine. On the outside, it looked like it was real. It functioned like it was real for about a day and a half. And the first time I put it in the washer, it didn't matter if I put it in the dryer or hung it on the clothesline. After that, it was done right? How You know what I'm talking about, right? That generic stuff. It looks good for a minute, but as soon as you got to wash it and as soon as you got to purify it, hello, somebody, as soon as you put it through a little testing, a little bit of fire, it doesn't stand the test of time. How many know what I'm talking about? That's generic. See, faith works the same way. God has to test our faith so that we can see what we're really made of. But a generic faith doesn't trust or believe God. It's disobedient, and it does not know how to endure or persevere. The true testing of a Christian's faith will be seen in his or her ability to persevere and endure through the storms, the trials, and the seasons in their life where a normal human being would want to give up. Amen. How many know we're unique here this morning? I don't know, but I'm not, com- I'm not common. I'm, I'm unique, right? I mean, I believe that God puts people in the ministry of Victory Outreach. He sees them not as they are, but what they're going to be, the uniqueness in their calling and he calls them here because they have something special inside of them to do a very unique and special work for him. How many know what I'm talking about? So there's another type of faith that's called radical faith. right? We got a genuine radical faith. How many know Victory Outreach people are radical and in this crusade we're going to be doing some radical things that I'm looking forward to doing. I don't know about you guys but but I'm looking forward to getting out there and being radical for God. I love radical people and I love to see God move in radical ways can I hear somebody say, man, we're going to be preaching the gospel, we're going to be at street rallies and doing all different kinds of things that other ministries don't do. Do you guys understand what kind of ministry you're a part of? Amen. You know, When I was in Las Vegas, I would oversee the evangelism ministry. That was my power spot for a season in my life. And uh, Calvary Chapel, Raul Reese's church, his very church, sent a team to Las Vegas so they could learn how to do radical street evangelism. Right? We do what other people can't do, huh? We do what other people aren't anointed to do, right? Other people cannot touch this, right? We're unique, and we have a very specific and radical calling. Our maximum anointing is doing what we're going to be doing here over the next couple of months, amen? But it takes a genuineness within our faith to exact change in others. Can I hear somebody say amen this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, God for your presence, for your word, God. Father, we just pray, God, that you pump us full of some faith, God, to get through whatever it is that you got us going through, Lord God. Increase our desire for you to spend time with you, Lord God, because we need more of you to do more for you, my God. And Father, we just pray right now, my God, that your will would be done. We thank you and praise you and love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a good hand of praise. Amen.